For those who don't know my story, when I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with Tourette's and I was on medication for almost 10 years. When I was 21, I learned something called The Secret and I came off the medication overnight against everyone telling me to stay on it and I had a spiritual awakening. I meditated for three weeks straight and my Tourette's disappeared and I created the podcast to simply preach about everything that most people have in their head but no one ever speaks about, which is what the twitching was. It was too many thoughts inside my head and now I have a platform where I can speak to of people and they can get out what's in their head. I have just launched my first course and it's called Take Control and it's basically the system that I went through when I was 21 and I had my awakening. It's the same system that I've done for my parents and the close friends and family members and it's changed their life. Individual steps that we don't see as much but when you put it together as part of a life that you have to maintain and manage it's life-changing. So check out the course um and if you feel inclined to buy it buy it i reckon that it will really change your life if you're going for a spiritual awakening because i once was and these steps changed my life so if you go to talkwitholiver.com and you'll see that my course is there it's called take control if you buy it and go through it reach out to me on instagram and socials and let me know how you get on and what you thought of the course so if I could ask a massive favour from all my listeners, upon looking at my stats recently, it has occurred that out of a very humbling 730,000 downloads since I created the podcast back in 2019, that only 10% of you that listen have actually followed and subscribed to the podcast. If I could ask a massive favour from you all that listen, if you wouldn't mind just hitting that follow and subscribe button, it would mean more than you can imagine and it really does help the show grow and help reach more people in more ways than you and I can even imagine. The bigger the podcast gets, the bigger the guests get. And my aim is to grow the show big enough that I can reach out to amazing people like Russell Brand, Joe Dispenza, Lewis Howes, Grant Cardone, Joe Rogan, and have deep, intimate and vulnerable one-to-one conversations with them. I want to speak to the human side of people to show we are all the same when you get to the core, regardless of how much money or fame you have. Three seconds. We will begin. Hear me? All right, hello, John. How are you doing? Can you hear me, yeah? Yeah, can you hear me? All good. Yeah, awesome. right. So, um, I do a lot of ice baths, and in the ice baths, I do breath work, and I count four seconds in and eight seconds out. And before I realise, I've been in the ice bath for seven minutes. And what the breath work does for me is it keeps my that the stress of being in freezing cold water down to a minimum and it actually takes my mind into like a different world where I'm focusing on the breath and counting down but I kind of forget where I am and the fact that I'm in freezing cold water and it's something that I didn't do growing up when I used to have a lot of stress growing up and if I'd known about breath work when I was younger I would have done it I would, I would have done it now and every morning I go in the garden as well as when I go to the ice bath and I do the breath work for five to ten minutes just gazing around the sun and it just puts my body in this perfect harmonious harmonious state and um it's it's so powerful um but yeah people just people don't even breathe correctly anymore they just they breathe almost like an irregular heartbeat they breathe irregularly when just simply learning how to breathe in and breathe out it's just it's just so great for the body as you know well, the deal with people not breathing correctly is that a lot of people have stuff that they've pushed down, stress, anxiety, trauma, feelings, whatever. 
and it's down in there, down in your lower abdomen is usually where it's stored. And people don't want to feel those feelings. So what they do is they, they don't realize they start breathing shallow all the time and holding their breath half the time. Because when you take some deep breaths, a lot of times those feelings are down there waiting for us. Now, if you're in the ice bath, that's a different story because you're using your breath to calm your nervous system. But if you lay down and do the type of breath work that I teach in a conscious way and breathe in a conscious way to release all this stored emotion, then it's a whole different story. And, and, and you have a breathing pattern when, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling anxiety, when you're depressed. And if you can change that breathing pattern when you're feeling those feelings, you can actually shift out of those feelings. Like I say all the time, change your, you know, change your breath, change your emotions, change your life. Yeah, so you're, the people that you teach, um, if I just came into a practice right now, what is the type of thing you'd guide me through if I'd never done it before? So I teach a very specific um, type of breath work. There, I know all the different kinds, but there's one kind that I teach in particular because it's so powerful, because it gives you such a massive transformation the first time, the first class. And it's called circular breathing or conscious connected breathing. And it's a technique where you lay down and you breathe in this certain pattern that I show you through the mouth for about 29 minutes. And most people go, wait, I thought you're supposed to breathe through the nose. Breathing through the nose is the best way. Yes, breathing through the nose is the way you're supposed to breathe 99% of the time. But a little bit of mouth breathing consciously connected for you know a certain amount of time to clear out all your trauma, all your stress, all your stuff is totally worth it. And the experience is immediate and it's undeniable. Most people say after my classes, holy shit, that felt like 20 years of therapy without saying a word. So what's the like number one main difference between breathing through the mouth as opposed to through the nose? It's a great question. So the nose is our parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. It calms your nervous system, which is what you want to do when you're stressed out, when you're you know, anxious or whatever, you want to breathe in and out through the nose or in through the nose and out through the mouth, and that will calm your nervous system down. The mouth is sympathetic, which is fight or flight. And you go, well, why would I breathe into fight or flight? Well, that's where the trauma is stored. The trauma is stored in your sympathetic nervous system from fight or flight when you've gotten into these situations. So if we do it in a very purposeful way, in a, in a very conscious way where we're going to lay down and we're going to breathe into that sympathetic nervous system with the purpose of clearing out our trauma, our stress and our anxiety, then it's a whole different story. It's a whole different game changer. So with trauma, people would normally talk out their emotions and kind of release that trauma three words in expression and crying and reliving that memory and facing it and letting it go. So when somebody's doing the breath work to release trauma, do they have to vision and go through their past trauma or is it simply just removing stored energy and they don't actually have to visit the actual situation that happened in their past life? God, that's a fantastic question. The answer is kind of, uh, I, I think it's more of the latter. Some people will have sort of past traumas come up for them. They will have memories that they unlock that they completely forgotten about. But more often I've seen it over the last decade is that people just, they just release these things and they don't have to relive them. And they, a lot of times we don't even know they're there. People will say, oh my God, I had, I, there's all this stuff I let go of that I didn't even realize was inside of me. So there's a lot of people walking around that have these things that have trauma and they have anxiety and stress. They don't even know what's wrong with them. They're like, well, my childhood wasn't that bad. My parents were okay. I don't know why I have all these things. Yeah, because you have all this stuff st stored in your nervous system that is passed on 
generationally. Science has proven that trauma is passed on through the DNA now. So you thought you were screwed up because of your parents and you were right, it is their fault, but it's their parents' fault and their parents' fault. So one of the ways to clear out this generational trauma is to do this type of breath work that I'm describing. Yeah, you might find it fascinating to know that I was diagnosed with Tourette's when I was 12 years old and I was put on medication all the way until 21. And then I learned something called the secret and I came off the medication overnight against everyone telling me not to. And I, <clears throat> I meditated nonstop and my Tourette disappeared. And part of that process was knowing I had to go back into the past, into my earliest childhood memory and go through the years of three to four to five to six to seven to eight to nine to ten. Because I realized that a lot of the stuff was trapped in my head and all this excessive thinking, hence the twitching and the swearing, was about trying to get answers in this big knotted rope. And so I had to go back to like one years old and think, what happened then? And then it could be like I witnessed a car crash, something, and then I had to kind of remove it from my brain. And then when I was three years old, my I was sitting on my dad's lap and I fell off the chair and fell on the floor and that was a traumatic effect. And then when I was four, somebody say stole my action man and it affected me. And I had to go back through all this trauma and kind of just acknowledge it and just let it go. And, you know, I did that through just visualization as opposed to speaking my words. So the fact that people have another option, which is to breathe it out, you know, it's, it's fantastic because not everybody wants to revisit pain and a lot of people don't want to revisit pain hence why it stays there but imagine that people can just breathe out this pain and it does the work for them it's like it doesn't matter how you get it out just get it out and this is a powerful way for people to remove trauma without having to revisit it yeah people don't realize how much it's affecting their life i mean in your case that's an incredible story and it's an obvious way that it's affecting your life with the tourettes i had alopecia where i lost all my hair i lost my eyebrows i lost all the hair on my body and that's brought on by a stress and emotional trauma right so if you don't think your emotions can affect your health then go find my eyebrows i tell people because they're gone right so your a phys your mental and emotions your mental states and your emotions can affect your physical health and so it, it, it's just a matter of time if you have this stuff inside of you where it's going to affect your health at some point. So it's up, you know, it has to be for a lot of people, the pain of what they're experiencing in their life has to be greater than going, you know, back and clearing this stuff out of themselves, right? We have to get in enough pain and we say enough is enough. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I'll go try the breathing. I'll go try the visual visualization or whatever it is you need to do. Um, to clear this stuff out of your body, to heal your health. But once you do it, you realize it's not that hard. It's the buildup that we create in our minds that makes it so hard. I always you know, joke with my people in my class. I'm like, you've done harder stuff in your life than lay on the floor and breathe. It's not that hard. Don't let your mind trick you. Don't let your mind talk you out of it because the mind is really powerful and it, it wants to stay in these protective states. It thinks it's protecting you, but it's not. Yeah, it's like, you know, people think, okay, if I run from like 700 things throughout my life, you know, they think that they've got to now face 700 things. And if they couldn't face the one thing, they're certainly not going to want to face the 700 things. And you know, that's why it's very hard for people to to re revisit their, their trauma. But just breathing it out basically just combines like a whole lifetime of trauma and gets it out. So luckily with me and the Tourette's, I literally just laid on my bed for hours. And in my mind, I went back through all the bullying and what this person said to me and what this person did, literally all in one day. 
and I, I cried and grieved it all out. Like every person that died, I grieved them and I said what I needed to say to them. And I was just like releasing all this built up energy um, from all this blocked emotion that I stored in me. So in your situation, now that hopefully you've removed a lot of your trauma, can your hair grow back or is that something that? No, I don't think it's coming back. It's been gone for too long. And at this point, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm okay with it. I've made my peace with it. Like, I don't care, you know? And it was actually such a valuable gift that it was given to me because it taught me, at the time, I was an actor and a fitness model. So it really taught me the uh, how much emphasis I'm putting on looks, on outside things. And it forced me to go inside and start working on myself from the inside out. And it literally just changed who I was. So I kind of have accepted it as who I am. And I don't really care if it, I mean, it has grown, it does grow, it grows now, but I just shave it and it grows like baby hairs, you know, but like, I don't care. It's not, it's not important to me anymore. I've let go of that outside stuff for the most part. And so it's incredible to me that you were able to lay there and just let go and to go through that. It's kind of like the Eckhart Tolle moment on the bench in the park when he just, you know, had that, it's a spiritual awakening essentially is what that is, right? And he had that same moment in the park and he realized the power of now. And I had that the first time I did breath work. I, you know, I needed this technique. I needed some technique to help me access all that stuff. And I had tried meditation. I tried all these different things. And it wasn't until I laid down and breathed, probably because I was a trainer at the time, where I was like, okay, this is like a workout. And I just was breathing in this way and it was hard and it was uncomfortable, it was weird. And then all of a sudden this boom, it just cracked me open and all the floodgates released. And I had this released just years and years of stuff. This, I just rolled over on my side and cried like in a way that I'd never cried in my life. And I came home and I was a different guy. My wife was like, you look like a different person. And I felt like a different person. So I started doing it every single day. And the people around me were like, are you medicated all of a sudden? What's going on with you? You were like happy and present and you're a different guy. And I go, I'm just, I'm doing this weird breathing thing. And they're like, what is it? Show me. And I started teaching people and they were having these experiences right in front of me and telling me I changed their life. And I just, I was never wanted to be the breathwork teacher. I kind of got dragged into it. I started doing classes. People asked me to do classes. And it was just incredible to watch these people heal right in front of me. And now the classes for me, I get more out of the classes than the breathing, watching people, helping people, guiding people. That brings so much into my life just being a part of someone else's transformation that I, I, I said yesterday in my Sunday class on Zoom, I do a, a class on Zoom every Sunday. I was like, I needed this class. I get as much out of this class as the people taking it. It's incredible. Yeah, I got tingles when you said about how you just burst out crying and then you like, you know, the next day you were just an, an enlightened different person because going through all the stuff in my head, I, I'd never cried so much. I was like squeezing the sponge until there was not even a drop left. I remember like bawling and like going, <gasps> I was like <gasps> squeezing out every like bit of pain and every drop. And then believe it or not, I haven't really cried much since because I let out all emotion that I ever had in myself. And you know, people were saying to me, what drugs am I on? Because I was so happy, so alive. My eye contact was so glaring and powerful and locked in and I was smiling and I was moving yep. around like shopping centers. Like I was just like on drugs and I'd go into bars and pubs and they'd just be like, what are you on mate? And I'd be like, I'm on E. And they're like, what's that? Ecstasy, no energy, unusual supply. It was the universe, right? Yep. <laughs> and um, 
and it was the most incredible thing and you know for people who don't realize just being stressed about what their boss is going to say on monday when they say you know they they want to go on holiday just having that stress in your body for over the weekend it's been stored somewhere and you know unfortunate health issues like alopecia is just one of many factors that come from stress and because i know the the power of what stress does to the body i do not allow myself to be stressed at all i used to be i still am a, an ambitious entrepreneur but i used to be so unhappy chasing the next business idea or money and having all this cars and boats and stuff and i was so stressed and unhappy trying to chase it my dad was like you're going to be very unhappy if you keep chasing money and then had my awakening didn't want anything materialistic i just appreciated people happiness love nature squirrel walking in the park that don't really want money anymore i know i need to have money if i even like want to move out of my parents house at 30 but the, the drive to get that money whilst being unhappy and stressful is a no-no so now it's like stress comes first if i'm not stressed i can do it if i'm stressed chasing something or even thinking about what i should have for dinner if that's a stressful thought i'll just starve because i know the power of what stress does to people and actually somebody i knew from school had alopecia he was a site manager so he's managing a massive building site and i can only imagine the stress that person was under and he got alopecia um from the stress and yep. it's so dangerous that people don't realize it's you know you can say it's actually probably more damaging than, than a shitty diet because you know stress can affect you more quicker than a shitty diet can at least a diet you might get diabetes in five years or die of a heart attack in 10 but stress could literally it could it's just it's it's, it's awful and um it's the next yeah, biggest stress is, society. stress is just a fancy word for fear it's a, it's an acceptable word for fear. What I mean, what is stress? Uh, well, I'm stressed out about money. Well, what does that mean? Well, underneath that, I'm fearful that I won't have enough money to take care of myself or my family or whatever. It's just fear. And so how, what do we do with that? How do we clear out that fear? And this technique that I do clears that out. It clears out that stress. It clears out that fear. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, cause I've had that experience too. I was in Hollywood for 23 years and, you know, trying to be an actor and a writer and sell movies. And I sold a TV show and all these different things. And I chased that thing. I chased that Hollywood dream for a long time. And then I had this experience where it just cracked me open. And I realized in that moment the, that I'm really good at just helping people change their lives. And I'm going to just help people change their lives. And at the end of my life, it will have been worthwhile, whether I make any money or I'm successful and none of that matters. And what I realized from that experience was fulfillment, fulfillment, helping other people fulfills me. It fills me up like happiness. People think that happiness is, is the key, right? Oh, if I'm, I just want to be happy. Well, you're not going to be happy all the time. Happiness is an emotion that comes and goes like clouds in a windy sky, but fulfillment will sustain you. So, helping other people, showing other people how to help themselves and change their lives has brought me such purpose and such fulfillment that it just, it doesn't matter. I always say to my students, I, I tell my students who take my teacher trainings, I say, listen, if you focus on how many people you can help, how many lives you can change, money is just gonna come. 
like it, it's a byproduct of helping people change their lives. I don't try to make more money. I try to help more people. I try to change more lives. The more lives, I always ask myself the question, like how many more lives can I change? How many more people can I transform through this incredible breath work? And then the byproduct is that people pay you for it because it's such an incredible thing and they, they just want to have more of it. But it's really about helping people. If I focus on that, if that's my purpose, if that's my goal, if that's my focus, then I'm taken care of financially. Yeah. Um, and I, I always think about, you know, like Elon Musk and Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and all these big CEOs, you know, they've got a shitload of money coming in, but they still got to get up every day at, you know, six o'clock like the employee does. And they probably leave the office later because they're, they've got so much to do. They've got such enormous pressure of, financials and their shareholders and people and employees and customers and what's being said in the press. I wouldn't want to have all that pressure for the sake of money that I can't even really spend because I'm too busy running the business. Plus, how much money can somebody spend? I always say a steak is a steak. You know, an expensive steak might be a grand if you if you're fucking stupid to pay a grand, but most steaks are going to be 20, <laughs> right? So yep. you can't spend any any more than a grand on a steak. Once you spent money on a TV and everything and bought your jet, what else is there to get? And there's only there's a limit to what you can buy. So you take away all of that, you've got all that, you're left with feeling. And you could buy a um, homeless person a cheeseburger in the high street with billions in the account, and he makes you feel so appreciated compared to your wife or your husband or your employees or your neighbor. So therefore that feeling was so important. And my friend said to me the other day, why do you feel the need to always fix and help people? And, and I was like, I can't, I can't help myself because the feeling I get when I help somebody, almost like saving a duck that's stuck in some netting, I can't help but love that feeling. And it's almost like that feeling makes me feel so good that I don't need money. But you're right. When you serve people, it's like, well, let me serve you back, whether it's buy you a meal, buy you a, a gift. That's all money that you would have had to spend on the gift. So you'd be, you're receiving money or it's cash. And, you know, that feeling of helping people doesn't end. You can help millions of people in a day and there's always more to help. And every time they say, thank you, Oliver, thank you so much, or hug you and, oh my God, I love you. That feeling doesn't ever end. Doesn't matter how famous you are, how much money you've got in the bank. That feeling is just topping up your gratitude cup. Whereas if you could top up your bank balance, if you've got a shitty life, your life's still going to be shitty. So simple stuff like helping people or even rescuing a duck. Well, yeah. It's ridiculous, I, but feels... No, you're, I mean, listen, you're spot on. I don't know how much you know about my background, but I used to be a sober companion, sober coach for some of the biggest celebrities in the world. Um, and I've also done breath work with some of the biggest celebrities in the world from Justin Bieber to, um, you know, Owen Wilson and all these different people. I've worked with billionaires. I've worked with... Uh, Olympic medalists. I've worked with Grammy winners. I've worked with all of them. And, you know, what happens is they, a lot of these people, they chase these goals, whether the goal is a, an Oscar or a Grammy, or it doesn't matter. And they think once I get this Oscar, once I get this Grammy, then I'm going to, that's it. That's the thing. Right. And they work so hard. They focus so hard. And then they finally get that thing. 
and they're holding it and then they're depressed. They're more depressed than they've ever been in their life. Why? Because that thing is not the thing that's gonna fill that hole inside of you. And that's what they discover and that's usually where I come in and end up helping them because I, 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 it's happiness or fulfillment is an inside job. It's not something that you can get from the outside. It's not a statue that you're gonna hold. Yes, that can bring a sense of accomplishment in your life, but you know, what next, right? What are you gonna do next? And they, so they keep chasing the thing and they keep chasing the thing.